Have you ever heard the expression, what's the tea? According to Urban Dictionary, it means when someone has gossip and you want to know every detail as soon as possible. So that's what this podcast is, spilling the tea on what it's like to have cancer or the big C as a young person in Northern Ireland. Recorded in 2022, two charities, Young Lives Versus Cancer and Cancer Fund for Children, have come together to talk about cancer services in Northern Ireland and share the stories of the young people and families we support. This conversation was between Gareth, Lee and Lauren. Lee was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, Lauren with leukaemia, and Gareth had a double whammy of Hodgkin's lymphoma and diffuse large B cell lymphoma. All of them had a stem cell transplant as part of their treatment, but as you'll hear, the impact on them in terms of treatment and late effects has been so different. We cover lots of different topics in this podcast. Um, That includes diagnosis, the actual transplant, moving hospitals, steroids, graft versus host, taking your time getting back to normal and their advice for anyone who's about to go through transplant. Just don't rush back into eating after chemo. Eating? <laughs> I always, I always <laughs> rush down too soon. I was like, oh, I'm I thought okay. you were going to say like exercise <laughs> or doing too much work, work pushing or? yourself. Yeah, um, I see the amount of food that's turned me now because of, oh, here. I was like, all oh, the sickness is away. <laughs> and I started to eat again. I was just poking it all back up. It was like so much food that I just won't go near now. <laughs> Yeah, that's good practical advice. Yeah. yeah. Avoid a Domino's until you're really until better. Until you're really left. Never you're avoid the Domino's people. Avoid the risk of Never. eating that food in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I really was not expecting that, by the way. Make sure you listen to the end for information about how you can join the stem cell register and help people like Lauren, Gareth, and Lee, and thousands of others with blood cancer or blood disorders. All three of you had stem cell transplants. Yep. Okay. Um, but different types of cancer. So how how did your... Actually, we'll go back to the beginning. What were your symptoms before you were diagnosed? Uh, I had a lump on the armpit, but I had really bad thyroid as well. So when I kept going to the GP, I just thought... And my asthma was really bad. So I just kept thinking I had a chest infection for a long time. And it was on like the third round of antibiotics. Nobody would believe me, but I kept losing my voice at night when I was sleeping. Turned out it was the mask who showed my voice box all night was losing my voice. So once the doctor I recorded it so the doctor could hear them and knew something was off. And then I was in the house one night and I was on the nebulizer again and I rang out of bars and I thought I had pneumonia. So then they sent me up to NA and I went up to NA. So I didn't get out of the hospital then and there was Cappy for another week then. Yeah. I think it was in for really eight weeks or so. When have you diagnosed through A and E or was it different? <laughs> I I had been going on for like a month with all these different things being wrong and going back and forth to the GP and just not getting anywhere. I was the same. I actually had a lump under my arm and I was actually getting a cervical smear at the time as well. And I said to the nurse, that was the first thing that I said to the nurse, can you check this? Is this okay? Because obviously you sort of hear horror stories. Um, But she nicely said that it was an ingrown hair and it would be fine I thought okay asking no more and that was that and then there was just other other things kind of going wrong I had um, a bad toothache and like bleeding gums and that all ended up into like a root canal and just drama there and that wasn't healing so I was going back and forth to dentists I was going back and forth to my GP who just didn't care but that's another Mm -hmm. It's another thing. And it 
was actually my mum coming over and taking me to the GP at 23 years old, mm. mind you, taking me to the GP and saying to her to take my blood. Because we thought I was anemic or something like that, not, um, not leukemia, but she called and sent us to, I don't know, acute receiving unit. This it was in called, Scotland, yeah. Yeah, so this was in Glasgow, so it was called the acute receiving unit. It was like an advanced A&E. Okay. So, I don't know. I think they all knew, but that's where I found out. But I think I think it was... Everyone knew. Everyone knew but me. What about you, Lee? Yeah, um, I've sort of been out of infections for a few months. Didn't know what was really wrong, and then went up to the GP and said, look, I need something to talk about this now. Especially when I never noticed a big, like, golf ball coming out of my neck. And I was like, something's not right here. Mm. So, they said go to direct inquiries or something some other kind of any area in the hospital and uh, I went there and said it was either lymphoma or some other strange disease and that was it? that was it, biopsy Um, so then Gareth you were saying like long hospital stays was it the same for everybody? Mm -hmm. yeah too long sometimes <laughs> crazy long I don't find I was in too long really except for my stem cell transplant um, but it was mostly just in the our hospital was more of the thing okay sort of two weeks at a time was my usual how, how quickly was it talked about a transplant for all of you it wasn't until two years in so I had done a lot of chemo and it started to shrink a bit and then it stopped and they tried another chemo and it just wasn't shrinking anymore so they done radio so I had loads of radio on my chest for four weeks and then I ended up on well again we didn't know if it had worked or not and then I got on well and ended up up in hospital during Covid actually in a and and they done another x-ray and there was just masses all over the chest then mm-hmm. so we then contacted England to see about going over there for um, a treatment or whatever they do um, and then I got two rounds of chemo and for some reason it just worked really well. It's this two rounds that uh, England had said to do. And then they spoke about then the stem cell because they knew it would just keep coming back then. So I tried to do my own cells but it didn't work. Okay. Um, so then I had to find a match and if my brother was my match. The three girls weren't but the brother was. For me it was mentioned early on but not as a thing. Oh. I, I know that sounds weird but like it was sort of in passing they said oh by the way we're going to test your brother just to see if he is a match will we be do it if he isn't no worries no law no loss and it, it, they tested him in Glasgow because I was there at the time and he came back he wasn't a match so they were happy enough just to let me do my treatment as normal and see how it went hmm. didn't go to plan so when I relapsed, it was always, I think it was always said that if I relapsed, I would need it. So it was kind of, it wasn't a shock. Okay. I kind of knew, right, okay, I've relapsed, I'm going to need a transplant and all the other crap that comes <laughs> with it. But yeah, so it it wasn't too much of a shock. It was just, it was always on the cards, really. Yeah. I was quite chilled about it. You, you had the same as Gareth, didn't you? You had chemo for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then it was brought up about the transplant. Yeah, chemo and then immunotherapy and then a radiotherapy. And then I said, let's try 
stem cell transplant, and thankfully that worked. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a, a sibling donor? Yeah, uh, it was two years as well, like yourself, um, before I sort of mentioned it, um, after talking to people over in England and seeing what they were mm -hmm. thinking, but um, yeah, my sister was a transplant for me. So, um, really curious about what your transplants looked like. So how did that process start? Like what was the build up to it? What sort of treatments did you have to get beforehand before and what actually was the transplant? What is the transplant? Garth, I'm looking at you, sorry. Uh, it seems like it was a lifetime ago. <laughs> I think you're the most recent, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, it just, once my brother was the match, they just took his cells and then they'd done everything they needed to do with him. Mm. And then I got another scan just to make sure everything was all right before I went in. Mm -hmm. And then that was me. I just went, I went in actually on Father's Day, if I remember rightly. Um, or no, it wasn't Father's Day, it was my daughter's birthday. Oh. That's what it was. It was the day before my daughter's birthday. Um, and then that was just me. I was in for six weeks or so. Did you have like whole body radiation or anything beforehand? No. No? Did you no. have high dose keep nothing before? No. Just straight in? Just straight in? Straight in. Yeah. You that similar to everyone else? No. God, no. That was so casual. No. <laughs> right. Sit back guys. Mm -hmm. This one's a long one. So mine I obviously had my treatment in Belfast when I relapsed. I was back in Belfast at this point. I just jumped about the place. Um, and because my brother wasn't a match and it was going to be a donor, I was then going to be sent to Dublin because mm -hmm. that's where they do the, the donor transplants. So before the transplant, well, before the transplant, there was just a whole nightmare with me. I just like to find any hiccup and apply it to myself between ICU visits, lumps on my legs, infections, whatever I could get, you name it, I got it. Um, so once I finally got to Dublin, it was, oh, I can't even remember, it was maybe three days of high intensity chemo and two days of full body radiation, can't even say it. Um, and I think it was on the two days, it was like once in the morning and once in the evening, I think. And then transplant. So it was, I got the full bang. <laughs> I was just, yeah. You, did. Um, you didn't get the full bang, did you, Lee? <laughs> no, I was sort of, I called in, um, got the, the high dose chemo, which was called beam C or something for three or four days, whatever it was. Mm. And then the day after that, straight on the stem cells. Um, so you just said, and then they banged the stem cells into me. But what did that? What did what did that look like? What does that? I was really really sick at that point. I can't really remember. You can't remember. I was on t a two short subscribers at that point. Whoa! So I was really really unwell with it. Uh huh. Uh, it was a red bag or something. If I remember right, they had sort of red yeah. injections, and I was just lying there poking everywhere. Just, <laughs> they were going to have to stop it. Because <laughs> it was just regular that much. You just couldn't stop being sick. So I think that rings true for all of you, doesn't it? That like just very ill at that time, couldn't really remember what was going on. Yeah. The Euros yeah. was on when I was in. So I seen this, so the whole Euros was on. So I got out like a few days after the Euros was finished. Right, and the CrossFit Games was on when I was in. So, so that's how you occupied your time. Yeah. Um, on the turbo trainer with the CrossFit Games. And how long were you in isolation for? 
went away. I think it, before I was even allowed to walk around the ward. Yeah. I think it was about four weeks. Wow. I think it was in around four weeks before I got out walking about. And then just because I was so big, it was just a bit of a nightmare because I was so weak. Like, so I'm like six foot five. So. I thought I didn't know what you were going to say, like, no, lost my weight. Or? Well, it would have been because I was, was always on so much steroids. So oh. I suppose I was pretty swollen at one stage, but I can just remember the first physio that came in. I was like, this is just a disaster. This <laughs> 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 is not going to work. Um, and then I finally got out just on one or two laps then. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was good to get out there. It was just so weak at the time. What about you two? What was the time frame of isolation like? I can't even remember. It was long. I just remember being in Dublin for a long time. That's the only memory that is stuck, <laughs> that they just would not let me go. Normal people, everyone else that I knew that was going down there, left in the time frame that had been rumoured by everyone. But like the pre-talk was like, oh, you'll be down for, I want to say three months. I can't even remember if that was right, but I want to say everyone was saying... Three months and I was not three months I was I went in in October and came out in February a whole new year not in the hospital like they let me stay in the wee apartment that they put you up in but yeah no really? they weren't letting me go they were not mm-hmm. no they, I think Belfast were relieved when they seen me back <laughs> they're like oh hallelujah <laughs> but no um in the ward could have been four to six weeks like you Mm. um and then I was just yeah I was back and forth I said they put you up in like a house well a flat apartment thing (laughs) can't speak um in the city so it's quite handy and just went back and forth there um went got treatment I think three times a week just it was just it wasn't like chemo or anything but I think it was like magnesium and whatever other crap they give you. I really don't remember. Yeah. You really kind of forget a lot of what goes on. I think you just want on. to forget it more than anything, don't you? It's just not a phone memory, so you just sort of try yeah. to put it back to your mind. But no, so, and again, I, there was a few wee hiccups during that time. Um, I had a day where I completely blanked out of everything. I was just forgetting everything. I was forgetting I had leukemia. That oh. was that was interesting. Um <laughs> Forgetting I was I had a stem cell. I knew I had a stem cell, but I couldn't remember why I had a stem cell. Mm. And it was just a lot of like blacking in and out and yeah, that was a crazy day. So that really that made them keep me a bit longer too. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I do things different. We're learning that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What about you, Lee? Uh what's again? Was, like how long were you like long, on isolation oh, for? Sorry. Um I was in for Three weeks, I think. Mm. Maybe four at the moment. Lauren's <laughs> not happy. He's already made me feel bad now. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone else is normal. I just had to mess up and <laughs> be awkward. I, I thought everything was going wrong for me, but... but you know, <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm here to make people feel better. <laughs> but, yeah, I was sort of up in 10 North, like, my Davis Mountains been, like, going on with that again, because me and my mate always walked it. I was like, just kind of sort of keep, kept, kept me driving towards like getting out. I was like, I'm not gonna sit here and do nothing. So uh, during my treatment, like I was on the turbo trainer, trying to stay healthy, if that's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, just trying to, always had that ambition to get out as quick as I could. Maybe that's where I went wrong. I wasn't into... You couldn't remember what you were doing I couldn't remember, but I wasn't for hopping on an exercise bike. <laughs> Maybe that's where I went wrong. 
did you both, like Gareth and Lauren, did you have anything that motivated no. you or anything I that think kept? I remember them talking about it, but I was just, I was just weak as water. Like, I, was, <laughs> I don't think anybody really wanted to risk it because, like, I'm not going to be able to pick him up. Like, was there anything that helped during isolation or anything that kept going, or was it just a case you were too, I just too slept. ill? I always just slept. Yeah. And even during, like, all my chemo, I always just slept. Yep. I was just sleeping and just let me sleep. Mm. No, I was like the same. The blinds just always being shut. The consultant always trying to open it. I was just like, what do you need blinds? I can see why he's wanting to try and get me up, but like when you sleep, you're, it's just like it's another day gone, like, isn't it? So you're happy enough, really. Like, you just sort of hope. Because I was almost just like a flick of a switch most of the time. So this sort of was like, that's me back again. Yeah. I, was just, I was just waiting to get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> So what about hospital? What could you bring? What could you not bring, especially considering, you know, like infection risk? I remember it with Dublin. Again, it was like a mystery. Everyone in the board who's going to Dublin is gossiping about what you can bring, what you can't bring, how long are you going to be there, what they do, what the staff are like, all these big mean rules that they have that Belfast are just so relaxed. Nothing, like nothing is that sort happened but it was things like oh you because in Belfast obviously I don't know if you were the same like some people had like their own pillows some had blankets I had blankets like my own cozy home ones mm-hmm. I know ones that had duvets I thought that was a bit much <laughs> no offense if either of you probably do but I thought that was a bit extreme but um and I remember it always going about that oh you can't bring anything Dublin don't allow that they're mean, they're just like, they're they're really hard on that. Um, didn't care. <laughs> I had I had a big V-shaped pillows. V-shaped yeah. pillow? A V-shaped pillow. That is a godsend during treatment, stem cell, any time. What, like a, like, a baby pillow? Like a, basically like a pregnancy like, pillow? Basically it's like a pregnancy pillow. I think you can get them for... Just it's, just a, it's just a V-shaped it's pillow. It's just a V-shaped pillow. Cracking. Okay. That was the best purchase I've ever made. No, because I'm going to link this in the like information <laughs> at the end. Um, what about you guys? Did you use anything? That pillows. Bring? Always brought, always brought pillows. Yeah. Pillows, always pillows, brought pillows from home. Mm-hmm. I had a pillow and a blanket. That was always kind of my comfort. And my bear. Yeah. My teddy bear. Got to have him. He Cute. was with me the whole time. What about Wi-Fi and stuff? Was it all right? Oh, Dublin was a nightmare. Okay. It was pretty bad. Ulster was brilliant. Ulster, good Wi-Fi? Mm-hmm. Is, this is what people need to know. Do you need to download Netflix? <laughs> Shows on Netflix beforehand. Yeah, and TV in Dublin is rubbish. Okay. Just... It was pretty know. weird going from the Ulster to the city because obviously we were in the New Brock in the Ulster, so it's all saying all dancing. All the rooms <laughs> and like the blinds are all... Uh-huh. Electric and it was just we make the toilet it was all fancy and then he went down the city and it was like what's happened what's happened here? Like, <laughs> Were you on ten Norris? <laughs> it was quite a surprise, I couldn't believe it. I was just like I don't know why I thought all hospital, all cancer wards even would have been the same, but <laughs> it was still pretty backward and considering it's sort of the central hub for the cancer, isn't it, in Belfast? Well, yeah, for transplants and mm-hmm. stuff, yeah, that's be where you would go. Because even the TV, like the TV was just all like this wee wooden table in the corner. <laughs> it was tiny. It used to have a big TV that you could scream on and Netflix, that heat like. Okay. So it was just a wee bit of a shock there. So you, you went from, did you, were you between Antrim and Belfast as well? Yeah, so I was based in Antrim through my chemotherapy and stuff. And then whenever I went to 10 North, 
I still kept my special listeners from Mandarin. Carrie, yeah. Yeah, Carrie. Oh, um, I love Carrie. <laughs> I mean, she's really good. Whenever like, um, I went up to 10 North, um, her and Simon brought up the Young Lights versus Cancer sort of monitor and PlayStation and all. And, uh, oh, I was brought down to one of the awards I was talking about. Yeah. Graph versus Social. I mean, whenever you're not sort of conscious, it's not very useful. <laughs> but like, whenever you're like be able to yeah, think yeah, and stuff, yeah. like, you can use it like PlayStation. Yeah. My transition from Antrim to Belfast was actually really handy and great. Great. Um, yeah, so I know what the crack is it or what the crack is with it, but um my doctor works quite well or works alongside Simon and Carrie and he kinda helps along with things and um I don't know what what sort of helped it but like he knew my stem cell doctor as well mm. and just him saying he knew him sort of like verified that it was okay like to go and like trust him as well yeah because like you've been with that doctor for a few years and then you're like uh another doctor what's this going to be like because you hear all these bad things about doctors and like my doctor's really all about so whenever you get moved to another doctor you think well this is going to be bad uh-huh. but it's 100 percent. it was just another like it was basically like a, like an identical doc like my doctor again and i was like this is mad um, yeah so just that transition was really, really easy and good. And uh, yeah, I can thank my doctors enough for that. Very helpful. Yeah. People around you really matters whenever you're going through that kind of stuff, like. Mm-hmm. Especially yourselves. Um, Simon and all that there. Yeah. Keep your head right. Yeah. So with Simon, all your social workers, well, you maybe had two, did you? I even met Simon in Glasgow. <laughs> he's very, he's very efficient. <laughs> <laughs> it's just everywhere. <laughs> Um, no, I remember meeting, I can't even remember Ian, that's so bad. No, no, that's okay, don't worry. The one in Glasgow, and she obviously, it was later on in my treatment, and she knew I was coming back home, and she wanted to get me set up, obviously, with the team here. Can't remember the reason why, but Simon was in Glasgow, so Simon came and met me. So yeah, he was, I've had him in Glasgow and everything. Yep. It's <laughs> everywhere, everywhere. You can't get rid of him. He's mm. national, that social worker. <laughs> um, yeah. And what about cancer fund for children? Have you used? I think have you, you've all benefited from that. Have you been down to Daisy Lodge and things like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first time we went down to Daisy Lodge, I was really, really on my hostel. Wow. So I just spent most of the time in bed. I didn't do any of the workshops or anything, but it was a Christmas, so it was class for Aria. Yeah. Um, so we just went down to the little wee lodge out the back, and there was toys everywhere. And, she just thought it was amazing. She never shut up about it. She always wants to go back. She even got us want to go on holiday now. <laughs> amazing, like. Mm-hmm. Soup is class. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I didn't remember the soup. <laughs> That's good food. Um, when was the first time you met someone else sort of your age who had cancer? Lee, you've stayed quite, like, active in... Yeah. Uh, so basically I was with Simon's uh, Move Forward sort of team. Um, which basically do CrossFit for people post-cancer or post-treatment anyway. Um, and it's based for um, teenagers and young adults. Uh, and it's really, really good. Um, yeah, it's made a big difference. It, it's not really a support group, but it kind of is at the same time. Um, they don't really talk much about cancer whenever you're there. Uh, but no one really, like... No one's surprised if you bring it up because everyone's sort of thinking about it at the same time. But it's a place to come and clear your head and sort of meet with people who have been through the same sort of stuff and have the same sort of 
mindset as you kind of because never go through that kind of chemotherapy that like, kind of hell like you have a, a change mentality of life and stuff so it's good to meet with other people that are kind of nobody like, really knows what you're going through so they don't mess up sort of dumb no mm. I think exactly. that's pretty difficult for your friends and family too yeah 100%. <coughs> um, yeah they can say like oh you're doing so well you're so brave and all and then you go to these classes and you see Jesus they're way worse off than me like and then they would think the same back to you like like one of my mates had um, brain surgery or something and I was like Jesus that's that's really rough and then he'd be like oh but you went through like two years of chemo that's mm-hmm. really bad and I was like your brain surgery like, yeah. I suppose does it mean more coming from someone that's been through that when they say oh you're doing well you'd be like yeah thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I suppose it does yeah 100% just really into it can't then people maybe hasn't went through it, they sort of feel like they have to say something sometimes, don't mm. they? It's almost yeah. just a big awkward silence sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. even when I was diagnosed, when uh, they're like there's a mass in your chest, we're not too sure what it is. Um, we'll have to do a scan. So whenever I got there, the next morning, the scan machine, the big CT machine was broke. <laughs> so we were just sort of stuck in a and we're like, right, we're or something. And then the doctor came in, I was like, it's a malignant mass. And I was like, oh, happy days, not cancer. I had no cancer or malignant like cancer. <laughs> so everybody was crying. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and they were like, no, it's cancer. And I, I don't know why. I just started everywhere. I was like, fuck, I'm really sorry. I just started apologizing to like Danielle, my mum, my big brother was there. And I was like, I'm really sorry about all this. I was like, what am I apologizing for? <laughs> but I can remember just sitting there and I was like, I'm such a dick. Your <laughs> <laughs> mum was telling me I had cancer and I was near smiling. <laughs> And then it was just because it was like just in a back room in NA, and then I was just wrapped that point, so it was just getting weird, like the wheelchair, and everybody was like, "Oh God." Um, before you had your transplants, what sort of risks or what did they warn you about that could happen after? I suppose I'm thinking of like graft versus host or anything. Again, Lauren, <laughs> I know your exception to the rules, so we'll start with the voice. <laughs> Graffer, I know, I had graffers close with five times. Yeah. So, like, even, like, mine's 18 months ago, but I'm still at the hospital every week. Yeah. And I've been in the hospital a lot, like, from it. Okay. I never realised how much of it all still happened when you sort of the after the year to be careful, but I didn't think I still would have been in the hospital so much. Do you not think you were prepared well? Yeah. Or? No, no, I don't even think of that. I think it was more just a little bit ignorant to it. Okay. It was just sort of like, I'll just think about that when it comes to it. <laughs> Do you mind me asking, like, how graffers are presented with you? Like, what's. First time was. Oh, God. Uh-huh. And it was just horrific. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. Like, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. So I think I was in for five or six weeks then. It was all just massive. But it was okay, because my body always reacted really well to steroids. Okay. Even in the ulster. So as soon as, like, I started steroids, that was it. It was just nearly fine. But at any time they weaned them off at all, it just came back like a flick of a switch. Mm-hmm. And then I got out again. I sort of was in isolation. Still, my daughter couldn't go to school. Because she was only P1, so she was just Home. So, Petri she dish, yeah. so she didn't get to go for the first six months and then I ended up again with a skin uh-huh. and then I was out again and I ended up in with a cut again and then it presented itself and nothing in the mouth so I've got it near enough everywhere and then my eyes, I got it in my eyes You've really ticked everything off Yeah, it was just sort of yeah. just wherever it was just wherever it was coming and then I had to get a top off from my brother in right. January so the cannibalisms were coming back that it was too much of me again uh-huh. So got a top up from Alan, and then it just came back around us again. Oh. So it was only a few weeks after that, then I came back, and I think it was in for about six weeks then. Uh-huh. 
So everything's passed though with you, but I've still got first those in my mouth now. I'm on steroids and all now. Okay. So I've got it in my mouth taken. Still managing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm on steroids and antibiotics at the minute for an infection. Okay. What about you lot? I was quite the opposite of fact. I had no graft versus host, but I need some sort of graft versus host because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my, what they say, isn't it? My counts are high enough, and I'm three years post now. Okay. Um, so basically, I've reached about fifty percent T cell count just over, and the doctor seemed content enough. So. And on we go to <laughs> <laughs> my turn. Um, what did I have? I was skin as well, and as a very pale ginger girl with red blotches, like I mean everywhere, it wasn't a great look, and yeah. it, it didn't go away for a while. Um, so I had my my skin was always a bit of an issue, even during treatment here in Belfast and stuff with chemo. Sometimes if I had a reaction, it was skin. Mm. It was just always skin. Um, I apparently had it in my liver. Uh, I didn't I think know the that. Kidney got it in for the right left thing. That was the two that got it as well. Mm. Yeah, we got well. The doctor, the consultant, had been speaking with me and my mum, and she'd mentioned it as if like we should have knew that. Oh, wow. Didn't have a clue. So apparently, I had it in my liver, but obviously, didn't bother me yeah. too much. How did they know? Blood tests. Oh, is it? Okay. Not a notion. But not I wasn't too phased no. clearly by it, um, but I was on loads of steroids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, I think steroids was the worst part for me. As do you, what, what side effects did you have from steroids? I was went nutty. Okay. Eating <laughs> all the time. Well, yeah, eating actually, yeah, because I never felt hungry, but I just I didn't know what was going on. I was out of this world. Just, naughty, we angry or like, like so absolutely no I wasn't even full of life I was just sitting there dazed oh wow and like my mum and dad could ask me like do you want something to eat or do you want to do anything today or how you feel and I'm just sitting there like I'm fine wow I'm fine I don't feel anything I don't know how I feel I don't know if I want to eat I don't know what I'd like to eat what am I doing in this world what's happening right now I was high <laughs> I was just gone that whole time. And I remember... (laughs) (laughs) I remember being like so... Like whenever I did have a few moments of clarity, I remember always thinking, what if I don't get normal again? (laughs) (laughs) What what if this is it? What if this is me? Um, So yeah, I just went... I was sky high. Yeah. But yeah, no, I can't... No. (laughs) Do not recommend it, but obviously I needed it, so... Yeah, what, what and when you, you stopped, all back to normal? No, I always came down like a crashing hill, it was just a nightmare. Yeah. Every time I came off them, because it was just, I was just on a high as such. No, I felt really good, and then when I came off, the energy levels were just back there, and I was just sleeping again all the time, it was just like, what has happened here now? So it just presented with you eating and... Yeah. happy yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> so, I just had a moon face I was just swollen oh god I was talking about energetic I was a wee like I would like go out and be like pure bolted mm-hmm. down the street winter this was winter and I'm going about with no coat okay. I'm like I'm too warm I'm like yeah. to be fair I did feel roasting yeah and I would just be walking about Dublin 
everyone else wrapped up, hats, scarves, everything, and here's me with short sleeve dress on, walking about quite quite happy in my own world. No my idea where you are, puppy <laughs> <laughs> But no, um see they they took me off dead, dead slow. Oh, that was my like it felt like a lifetime coming off the steroids. Um so I don't know if that helped. Because hmm. they, they really did. Like, I, I think it's because we're on such a high dose. You can't just come off and like... No, I'm sure. Well, I, was, I can't even remember what the level of... The, I remember it being really high dose and it just... Yeah. Yeah. And what about like moon face and stuff? Did that go away quite quickly or did it take it a didn't while? feel like it. <laughs> As a girl, it did not feel like it. I, and even like looking at pictures now when I maybe thought at the time it wasn't so bad mm. it was still bad it was not good yeah but you just get on with it and at least I could say it's steroids I'm not fat yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> it's like it's that you know it's steroids nothing to do with you no yeah. <laughs> so um yeah didn't love it no Lauren you've been with your partner haven't you since before diagnosis yeah we now it's 13 years um so we were engaged actually whenever I was diagnosed and the wedding was meant to be 2019 but I messed that one Mm -hmm. up by relapsing so we had it in 2020 in December so we're coming up to two years soon Mm -hmm. which is nice um but yeah no he was he was good yeah, he stuck through it all, and whenever, obviously, whenever I first got ill, I was living in Glasgow, so I'd been given the option at that point to come back home and get everything done here. But I can't remember why. I think I just well, one, I was that ill, and I think the option was I'd have to do two rounds of chemo in Glasgow before they'd even let me leave so we just thought right we'll stay here and get everything done in Glasgow um and then come the September was it the September yeah he moved over here so Mm. Glasgow boy came to Ballymena (laughs) (laughs) big shock (laughs) like he'd been here to visit but god living yeah it's a bit bit different yeah (laughs) I've got a to shock on the Ballymena Here's that wrong, Valmina. <laughs> it's a great place to live. Um, Lee, I know you were in a long-term relationship at the time as well, but like, is there, was there anything that your partners did that was really helpful? That maybe if there's like partners listening, that like a wee bit of advice for them? Or I know that's a bit far out question. You might want to think about it for a minute. Well, the hospital food isn't really 100. percent so Okay. Getting broad. I never had I couldn't touch those broad. So my partner just brought down at the time my partner um just brought down cooked food and it was pretty good. Not that I could eat very much, but whenever it's still good, nice, it was, yeah. Yeah, it's still good to get something. It's nice. Can I just say Belfast food was not too bad. Oh should try Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> Mushroom ravioli one night stuck to the plate. Tip it upside down wouldn't move. <laughs> that's what you were dealing with oh lord on a haematology ward I oh, know that's not what you need I've heard Belfast though has like fish Fridays does that oh my god fish Fridays yes stank. and they got, people got so excited about it <laughs> or at least the older women got be, like really excited about it I'm just like yeah no there is one good thing about the food though the toast the 
Well, that's what all coaches always amazing. You try and replicate it at home, it's by the same butter, it just doesn't happen. I have to agree with you there. Tea and toast. Yeah. Perfect. What about Danielle? Did she do anything? She just gave a ring up like for a figure. Whenever I was first diagnosed, she just slept on the, when I was in the wee room. Six eight, she just slept on the she just slept on the floor for a load of weeks. So but yeah, I just have to hats off her like on her ring for me. Mm-hmm. Give up loads. Yeah. Um I suppose at the time we were pretty deep in a relationship, like yeah. Um, they talk about that hundred days post transplant. Yeah. Now I know maybe your memory's gonna be Batchy, is it a wee bit? Yeah. But what 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 were those hundred days like for Mine was all just so different because you obviously used were having to stay inside, but at that point COVID had hit. Yeah, so, really was it, so it wasn't really any any different well it wasn't it wasn't like but we ended up with a dog. So I really had my daughter. I never really cared because I was like as long as my girls were I didn't really mind. Uh-huh. But then I was started to cry and was like, Why can't I go out and play and there's nobody like me and it was more hard for her and I sang when Lisa was even fantastic with Aria like uh-huh. the day I ended up with a puppy and they went there one day to the park so they used to be like a you know, park over there too so they used to go there just for a while and then I'd arrange for a puppy to be dropped off so we ended up with a dog he's massive now <laughs> <laughs> so that helped her because obviously she missed like the first half of P1 so yeah. I wasn't even sure whether she was going to have to redo P1 again but she's alright now like, yeah I suppose all that what about you? Was it a landmark or was it just something to get done? Uh, yeah, it was just sort of something to get over. I just sort of needed, I just focused on my T-cell count. That's all I sort of mm-hmm. um, But yeah. See, I think some people are different. There's some people out there that need to know every detail. Mm-hmm. Where I was just like, you know what, I, not that I don't care, but I was just like, if something's wrong, somebody will tell me I don't need to know all the <laughs> yeah. details and stuff. If I do. Well, I know some people as well. Like, will celebrate their anniversary if they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. as a whole new body, don't they? But yeah. is this? Do you? Yeah. It's a birthday. It's a birthday. It's a birthday. A good excuse for cake, obviously. Mm-hmm. No. Um. Yeah. Whenever. Mine was the thirtieth of October, so that was three years past, and I celebrated it as a birthday. <laughs> It's, it really is just an excuse to get a bit of special treat. Really don't care, but it will be. Oh yeah, absolutely. it will be used every year from now on. Hundred percent. Um, but as for like the hundred days, like I think I was in hospital for my hundred day. Well, I was too, and I remember like kind of like like you're working towards it, and that was always the kind of the number that everyone was on about. Never actually really knew what happened okay. come day 100 no. but it was just always this number and it was always this aim and mm-hmm. once I hit it nothing actually <laughs> changed yeah. it, it was didn't just like, transform like a Pokemon <laughs> it's not <laughs> like <laughs> so I, I don't really know what the significance was yeah what about like injections and stuff like anal starting anew that wasn't really spoke of for a while for me. There was different things, sort of like, oh, you'll need this eventually. Like you'll need going to HRT, and you'll have to look into like fertility. You'll have to get all those baby injections again. But oh yeah, that was really weird. Just going down to the GP and just being filled with kids, and you're just sitting there with no child. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're like looking at you like, okay, so you're in for why are you in for this? And I'm like. Well, here you go. And it's just the story. Yeah. Everyone's heard and this I story. Because there's all these only, like, there's very few people really that 
doing stem cell transplants and this. So, and I go to anyone else in my clinic. Yeah. Or TP has had it, so they don't they even want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but I, every time I went to get my baby injections, I had an infection, so I just kept it put back. <laughs> so I still haven't got them all. <laughs> I actually, I've got like, I think because of the steroids, I've got really bad joints, yeah. like in my knees and hips and stuff. And I recently went and got a x-ray done at Moloko, um Hospital. And they were like well excited. I was getting ankles and knees done. And I was like, just, I was just going in there like, oh, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, we read your history. And I was like, oh, okay. We've seen you've done this a lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I've not done this. He's like, no, well, we've seen you've had a time of it. They were like itching, itching for my story. Mm-hmm. So I felt quite, I felt like a bit of a celebrity with that. Medical was, celebrity, like, yeah. Well, this is what happened. What do you want to know? What, what do you want to know? But yeah, um, oh, chuffed. They loved it. I think as well because you're young. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're like an enigma. Well, find out everything that's happened, everything that's gone. What were your symptoms? I think I actually got asked that. What were your symptoms? Like, how long did it go on for? Did you relapse? Did you get remission first time? I'm thinking, right, calm down. Okay. Like, these are old women. Yeah. Gossips. I'm getting my knees and ankles out for <laughs> standing on a wee plastic step. <laughs> like, calm down. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely weirder being younger because they just look at you like... Hmm. You, mm. should, you shouldn't have cancer yeah I'm just like yeah no I shouldn't yeah. but here we are <laughs> scan my knees <laughs> but yeah it's their positive it's always a, I guess it's if you mentally you give up like it'll just win it sounds like from what you've said as well and different experiences you've all had you do what works for you so if that's the case no, of if it's a case of I don't really want to know much just give me what I need and I'll move on or if it's a case of yeah I want to read everything I want to mm-hmm. I want to climb up Divis I want to you just have to do what works for you don't you just don't rush back into eating after chemo eating <laughs> I always I always rushed out too soon I was like oh, I'm I thought okay. you were going to say like exercise or doing too much work pushing yourself yeah, uh, I don't see the amount of food that's turned me now because of, oh, I was like, all oh, the sickness is away. <laughs> and I started to eat again. I was just poking it all back up. It was like so much food that I just won't go near now. Yeah, that's good practical advice. Yeah. yeah. Avoid a Domino's until you're really until better. Until you're really ill. Never you're avoid under. a Domino's, people. Avoid the risk of Never. eating that food in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I really was not expecting that, by the way. My advice would be don't push yourself, just take your time. Yeah. I took probably about two years before I started doing well actually no that's maybe not right I did do a masters in doing that and now I am working but yeah two two years took me yeah and it could take you as long as you want but I, even though I've been like doing fitness like from the very start of this year like it still took me two years to get back to anywhere near normal mm-hmm. like what even is normal now yeah, I could, at least I can use leukemia now for the reasons why I don't exercise. <laughs> Before I had no excuse, I just didn't. Yeah. But now I can say, oh yeah, I had leukemia. Bad knees. Bad, bad knees, bad knees, sorry. So I can't do that. I just play poker, flat out, still do. <laughs> <laughs> Some gambling, that's yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> 
Thank you to the National Lottery Community Fund for funding this podcast as part of our Together We Thrive project and enabling us to share these stories. If you'd like to get in touch with either Young Lives Versus Cancer or Cancer Fund for Children, our contact details are in the description of this podcast alongside some further information. On a really important note, you can help people like Lauren, Gareth and Lee and thousands of others by joining the Stem Cell Register. If you're under 30, you can sign up via Anthony Nolan. If you're over 30, you can sign up via DKMS. The links for both are in our the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the tea 